millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems. But getting therapy has its own problems too. Like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Welcome to another episode of That's What People Do. You are joined by me, Ryan McGowan, and as always, James Kay. How are you doing today, buddy? I'm well, thank you, Ryan. Thanks for asking me. You never ask me how... I'm joking. You always ask me how I am. One day, <laughs> we're going to do a different intro. Yeah, one but day. it's not this day. No. Um, but yeah, you well? Yeah, fine. Absolutely no issues here. How are you? I'm buzzing off my tits, mate. <laughs> Explain why. I, just before we even jumped on this call, got a job offer. Uh, which I have taken. So, yes, I have a new job. I'm really excited. So that's fun. Everyone, give a round of applause to Ryan. Yeah, no. big round of applause. Thank me in the comments. Uh, say, well done, Ryan. Uh, thank you con- in the comments. We're not going to thank you for oh, getting wait. a new job. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Ryan. <laughs> that, that's to me. That was to me. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, uh, big big week or two for firsts, uh, or new things, changing, things like that. Uh, obviously, I just got a new job, which is fantastic. Uh, but also... You will have seen now, it's all out, it's it's completely out there. We have launched a Patreon, and uh, Jack the Ripper is out on video for you to watch. You can see us interviewing uh, Terry Wade, the Ripperologist. Um, mm. and yeah, really, really fun, good response from people. It's so good. Like, those that have joined us, thank you so much so far. Um, if you do want to, obviously, join the Patreon, please do so. Um, it's going to give us the option to create new things and what we really want to start doing is just more documentary style video pieces uh, we want to like go to some locations and interview some people um and by you joining us on patreon that would give us the opportunity to do that so yeah uh join us on patreon that'd be great yeah 
Ryan's got a drone that he wants to use, so give him an excuse have, to use the drone. I have got a drone, and if we do really well on Patreon, we can get a better drone. <laughs> well, maybe have two drones. <laughs> we could have two drones, and we could, I don't know, they could fly at each other, and we can do a drone wars. Why not? Oh, that would uh, be really cool. That would be cool. Um, but yes, so thank you very much for uh, supporting us on the Patreon. It's been overwhelming, the support um uh that you guys have shown us and also as well on tiktok i don't know if you noticed we're on tiktok james is doing absolute bits over on tiktok at the moment uh one of our videos we're, we're one of the videos has got like over eight hundred thousand views which is absolutely yeah. wild um, everyone's coming at me in the comments about it which i find really funny like but it, it's it's because it's all about oppenheimer and everyone's like you haven't seen the film no i haven't seen the film that's the funny part of it no. i'm going to see I, it on I, sunday are you really <clears throat> I do want to see it in cinema. It does seem like one of those things, but I also just can't really be bothered. Yeah. No, I, I'm about to have the Barbenheimer experience. I saw Barbie last night. I'm going to see Oppenheimer on Sunday, so nice. I'm having that full on. I even wore like a, a, a like a, a fancy shirt to go watch Barbie. Uh, look wow. like Ken. Well, I actually had a I had a pink top delivered today, so maybe I should go and watch Barbie with my Absolutely. new pink top. Yeah. Uh, right. So let's get into it, shall we? This episode is. Uh, a lot of fun i think because <laughs> we're talking about cannibals um we have had people who have prepared human meat in previous episodes like Catherine knight when she butchered her lover mm. uh we've had yeah. episodes like that i don't think we've actually had an actual cannibal that's eaten someone um so that's comes to mind. no not that i can think of so if they have yeah great um so are we ready to get in to this, uh, the old long intro? Because I'm enjoying long intros at the moment. Do it. It's a really famous story, this one. Like, when you... Ryan messaged me and told me sort of, like, the basic premise with, like, one or two sentences, and I knew immediately what it was. This is, is a really, really good story. Yeah, it is a, it is a good story. And it's got a really interesting sort of legal sort of conversation in it as well, which we can get into yeah. later. So, without further ado, let's get into it. According to the Collins Dictionary, cannibalism is defined as the act of eating human flesh or the flesh of one's own kind. It's considered the last taboo, something that is the pinnacle of human immorality. Yet human history is littered with tales of cannibalism. For as long as humans have been around, it is thought that we performed acts of cannibalism. Early humans cannibalising our Neanderthal cousins, ancient Egypt as a ki had a king who was said to be a man-eater. And for us in the UK 2,000 years ago, it was said that many Celts practised cannibalism before the Romans came to town. When the Spanish came to the islands of the Lesser Antilles, they came across a native people they called the Caribs, which is where we get the word Caribbean from. And these oh. people were said to be institutional cannibals by the Spanish. South America has a very well-known history of human sacrifice and cannibalism, but arguably most famous are the people of Papua New Guinea, who practiced ritual cannibalism for funeral rites and consumed those they defeated in warfare. In fact, the most recent case of ritual cannibalism there was in 2012. So, if cannibalism has been so prevalent in human history, why do we find it so abhorrent? Well, for the most part, there's no need for humans to cannibalise one another. We are an apex predator, capable of hunting our own food. The reasons for cannibalising other humans are several. Religious, lack of education, and just downright disrespect. So, let's go with the religious reason. It was thought that by consuming the flesh of someone, they would then become one with you, and in that way, they got to live on forever. Which, okay, kind of makes sense until you sort of poop them out. Um, 
Now, <laughs> in the lack of education department, there are many who thought that you gained the strength of the person you consumed. In fact, you'll still find many a meat market in Africa that sells human remains since they say it possesses magical benefits for doing so. And in Europe during the Middle Ages, many a peasant would fight one another to get to the blood-soaked soil after someone had been executed just to shove that soil in their mouth since they thought it would cure disease. Now, for the disrespect, New Zealand is famous for its haka, the traditional Maori dance once used to try and intimidate one's enemy before war. Now today it is mostly seen as a spectacle before a rugby game, but if you look closely you'll see a reference to cannibalism. Throughout the display and at the end you'll see the participants sticking out their tongues to those opposite, and this was once used to symbolise that after we have defeated and killed you, we will eat you, and it was seen as the ultimate way to disrespect your enemy. I didn't know that, and I find that fascinating. I didn't know that either. I thought it was just intimidation tactics, but I guess it makes sense because, like, especially if you're in war, the chances are most both sides have sort of religious ceremonial burials that they'd like to do when people die. <clears throat> but if you eat someone, you then remove that ability to sort of bury them and give them that send off. Yeah, and like the ultimate disrespect of "I will eat you," but not only that, I will then turn you into human shit. I will turn you into shit. <laughs> Yeah, and then shit you out. I will shit you out. <laughs> mm. uh, now, in more modern times, humans resort to cannibalism in times of desperation. There are literally hundreds of records of humans resorting to cannibalizing during famines or when there is no food, such as the ill-fated Donner Party in 1846-47, the crew of the shipwrecked whaler the Essex in 1819, and more recently in 1972 when a Uruguayan plane crashed carrying members of a local rugby team. All of these incidents resulted in acts of cannibalism being carried out. That's now, a good film as well. Is it called Alive? That's a really good film. I haven't seen it. Yeah, it's really good. Although I, I started watching uh, Cannibal Holocaust in sort of like... Apparently that film is deeply, deeply fucked. It is. Um, but it's uh, it's very old now, right? So it doesn't quite hold up. But it was thought at the time that the director had actually killed its own actors in the yeah, film. Yeah, yeah, that's what I heard. Um, there is none of that. There is a lot of mis. Uh, there is a lot of abuse in the film in terms of like the director towards their actors, which is not very nice. Uh, but right. there's more than anything. There's actual um, animal abuse in it. So all the animals that are killed in the film are actually killed in the film on, on I mean, that's... camera. No, that's wrong. It's not I very nice. We'll we'll get onto this in 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 a little bit, like my views on meat eating. But we'll get there when we get there. Oh yeah, of course, yeah. Uh, now, considering that it's seen as the ultimate taboo, surprisingly, there aren't many nation states where cannibalism is illegal. In fact, there is no law against cannibalism in the UK. Now, I didn't know that. Does that then mean I can then just go and fucking munch on someone and get away with it? Well, this is the thing. You may wonder why cannibalism is not illegal in the UK, but. The answer is for reasons such as the examples I've given you. In times of desperation like famine or severe survival situations, people cannot be prosecuted for simply surviving. It's a base human instinct to live, and most people in these situations will consume the dead, which, in a legal sense, is absolutely fine. You need it to survive, it's a source of protein and meat, do what you need to do. That's mm. fine. And there's loads of stories of, like, especially like when... Um, England was this like naval superpower and we were travelling all over the world discovering things and loads of people getting mutinied and shipwrecked. People would then eat their dead uh, shipmates and then come back and tell the tale and it's like, yeah, we you know, you survived, you got back, you told the tale. Fair enough. Yeah, I suppose if they're dead then what else are you gonna do? Just let them rot. Exactly that. 
It's when they actively kill another human for their meat where it gets legally tricky, and that has caught people out in the past before. Where you like murder in it, like that's now you've now murdered that person for yeah. something that's not good. Yeah. Now, in the UK, for example, there is no law against cannibalism, but there are laws against procuring meat that is not safe for human consumption, and there are laws against desecrating a corpse, which is how most cases are brought to court if that is the case. Um, so they've got a way of getting around it. You can't bring in human meat because it's not for human consumption, so you cannot have that. Um, that's how you get done. However, our well, like, story... Go on. Okay, yeah, fair. No, 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 carry on. You answered the question with the desecrated corpse bit. Ah. However, our story today takes place in Germany, where, again, there is no law against cannibalism, but there are ways around it. So, without further ado, let's talk about Armin Mivis, the Rottenberg cannibal. Armin was born December the 1st, 1961, in Essen, West Germany. He's the third and youngest son of Valtrud Mivis, and first son to the father, who was Valtrud's second husband. By the age of three, the family had moved into a large holiday home in Wusterfeld, a quiet suburb of Rottenburg, about three hours' drive from Dortmund in West Germany. Here, the family hoped to have somewhat an idyllic country life, but it didn't last very long. His two half-brothers were a lot older than him, and left home soon after moving into the 36-room home. That's how big this country home is. 36 rooms. It's basically a mansion. That's a big-ass room. Room? House. Yeah. Now, this left Armin to grow up kind of alone, and to be the main focus of his mother's attention, who was problematic, to say the least. As is typical with most of our darker stories, Armin's parents are not the best. While there doesn't seem to be any sign of child abuse, Armin's father left when he was around nine, and his mother had a deep hatred of men, which is somewhat taken out on Armin. She gives him the nickname Minchin, which is a German girl's name, because she just hates men, and she refuses to just call him Armin. Like, can you imagine your mum calling you Jasmine just because she doesn't like that you're a boy? I wouldn't like that, Ryan. No, I wouldn't like it if I was called that would, that Rihanna. Yeah, that would, that would upset me. Respect who I am. Um, just quickly before you go on, he was born in Essen, which I find really fascinating. That this is going to be about cannibalism and eating. Essen in German is the word for eating. So it is. <laughs> so there's a nice little link for you there, people. It's almost like it was destined to happen. Yeah. Now, his mum almost refused to do anything at all when the dad left. She just made Armin do all the housework. She made him do all the shopping, and he basically became her carer twenty four seven. She was a little, she was an older lady, but even still, Armin had one friend in the area growing up. They'd wander the forest together, playing games, playing cops and robbers, cowboys and Indians. Armin even had a white pony that they would hitch a cart to and drive the pony around the local area. But there was a hole in Armin's heart that could not be filled, and that hole was the absence of his father. When Armin's father left, he was a broken little boy and never quite recovered from it. Mm. He got into books to take himself away from the world and became particularly fascinated with the book Robinson Crusoe, which is a book I've never read, but I've heard a lot about. This I've never read the book, but I've seen the pantomime. There's a pantomime? I've seen a pantomime of Robinson Crusoe, so yes. Well, it's not a pantomime because it's a story about a man who's abandoned on an island for many years and has to fight off and evade cannibals who live there. Yeah, I think they they it they, it was a person who was abandoned on an island. It was definitely Robinson Crusoe. I've got 
memories of it. But then I suppose like other stories like Cinderella and that, that all of those stories started off really fucked up as well and just Good got point. changed throughout the years. Good point. Now, alongside spending a lot of time at the local butchers watching the meat be carved, Armin begins to develop a very bizarre thinking. He starts to think that if he was to eat someone, that maybe they would be forever a part of him and then he'd never be abandoned again. Which is just like the kind of thing this, a ten-year-old would think. This man's got abandonment issues. This is like I imagine what goes through my fucking dog's head every time we leave the house, and he's <laughs> just like, "We're them. never coming back. <laughs> if I eat them, they can never leave again." That's so true. Like even taking the bin bags out, and the dog's like, "Where the fuck have you been?" <laughs> yeah, they don't like it. But this man needs friends. Yeah, he does. By the age of nineteen, Armin was looking to get away from his quiet life and overbearing mother. He joined the West German Army as part of the 52nd Armoured Infantry Battalion. Now, you might be thinking that being in the army might influence or strengthen these desires he has, but it actually had the opposite effect. He finally felt a part of something bigger than himself. He enjoyed being in the military. In fact, he thrived under the disciplined lifestyle, having lived under his mother's thumb for so long. Armin would serve in the army for 12 years in total. He intended for it to be his career, but personal feelings troubled him. Armin questioned his sexuality quite often. He's never seen with a girl on his arm. When he hangs out with his childhood friend and their girlfriends, he's often asking, am I gay? You know how like Andy in the office thinks that he might be gay and is looking for someone else to provide the answer? You know, and like yeah, he spreads... he's not 100% sure himself. Yeah, but like <laughs> he hears the rumours like Andy's gay. He's like, am I gay? <laughs> am I gay? Just because he likes drinking tea. And then at the, the end of the episode, isn't it? Like Michael's like, oh, one of these rumours is not true. And he's like, right am i gay (laughs) (laughs) he's like no you're not gay thank god (laughs) um now many do think that armin is gay in fact he's um his childhood friend did an interview years later and was like he used to come up to me and ask oh do you think i'm gay and he'd be like listen i don't know what are you into like it's not for me to say who you are what not but he always thought he was um (laughs) I feel like he just needed someone to, like, confirm it for him. Yeah, maybe. Um, In fact, we still don't know to this day if he was or not. Now, he did have a very brief friendship with a woman. We don't know how far it went, but it didn't last very long. But whatever it was, Armin was dealing with a lot in his head. He turned to alcohol, and one Christmas he's drink driving and crashes his Mercedes, leading him to lose his licence. But that doesn't teach him anything, because when he gets his licence back, he does the exact same thing again, and he crashes another car. In fact, his drinking is such a problem that it affects his military career, and in 1993, age 32, he leaves the military and moves back home to care for his sickly mother. Mm, Now, Full cycle. Yeah, that's it. He he goes back back to where it all began. Armin retrained and became a computer technician for a company that looked after the computers for large banks. He was quite the whiz when it came to computers, and in 1993, something happened that reignited his cannibalistic desires. The World Wide Web launched in April of 1993, which meant for the first time the general public had access to get online and surf the web. I am f- concerned about that. What scares me because that means the the World Wide Web is now 30 years old. I right. I've I'm 27 years of age. I've never known a time where the internet didn't exist. However, I did know a time where I believe that we didn't have it. I think it like or. It was really shit. Like, we had one computer for the family that was downstairs, and you had to, like, book it out with your parents to do some, like, I don't know, weird thing. And I remember, like, even when the internet got better in, like, 2007, 2008, 
maybe even a little bit, bit before, we had it every time the home phone rang, the fucking internet would just drop out. Yeah, dial up. Yeah. I know. That um, was the worst. I remember when ICT started to become a, a topic that we had um, mm. at school. And yeah. I remember they would give us like tasks and things that we had to do online to on to go onto a website and then do that as your homework. And I remember there was yeah. a stage where the teacher would say, right, does anybody not have internet at home? Because then they were exempt from doing the homework. That's how new the yeah, internet yeah, yeah. was for even us. Um, it's wild that like kids nowadays wouldn't understand the not not having internet. Like yeah. it's, I sound, I'm going to sound like oh, so old and like we're, we're still young relatively, but like I spent my summer holidays like not playing Xbox, not playing game. Like I was out and about every day, and that was our oh, entertainment. Yeah. yeah. And I kids need that again. Like they're gonna, they're gonna get square eyes. You know. Remember, all the remember you had to like knock on your friend's door to see if they were available. Yeah. And you knew they were because what else are they doing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you had to ask their mum yeah. like, "Oh, is uh, Billy gonna come out?" <laughs> like, mm. They were the good old days, man. Yeah. Nowadays it's just everything's computerized, and God, I sound old. Yeah, imagine now if kids did it, they'd knock on the door, they'd answer the door and they'd just dab and then be like... <laughs> <laughs> I also wouldn't live a day now without the internet though, I think I'd die. Well, this is funny actually. So um, the internet was a really wild place back then. There really wasn't much regulation. There were hundreds of thousands of websites that looked like an absolute bag of shit and took a million years to upload. But a fun fact is in 1995, a study was done, 25 million American and Canadian web users were spending upwards of five hours a week online. Woo! Five hours a fucking week. Right, a my week. job, I have to be on the internet, so that's eight hours a day minimum. Um, and then I'm on. T- I would say seventy-five percent of my day is on the internet. Do you have it on? Like, you do you have an iPhone? Yeah, you're, you're holding it up now. It's wild. I hate it. It's every Friday. It will pop up on your phone and tell you how much you've looked at your phone for the previous week. It's like you're down twenty percent this week for yeah. eight hours a day. I'm down. Was, I'm down seven percent from last week. My daily average is seven hours and twenty four minutes. But like, that, that's to me that sounds fine. Other people are gonna be like, oh, that's uh, that's really bad. It's not because everyone does it. Mine's seven hours forty eight minutes, which is down twenty percent from the previous week. <laughs> So yeah, we're on the internet quite a lot more than the uh, Americans and Canadians were in 1995. Time. All the time, even like I d- I can't think apart from when I'm asleep, and even then I I can't fall asleep without sound. And when it's cold, which we're having a really shit summer at the minute, so it is quite cold, I have to have like Netflix on. So that's the internet. Mm. I've yeah. got I I all I've always got the internet always. Yeah, uh, for instance, so uh, I have uh, a, a, a tiny little SkyQ box, but that's attached to the internet, right? I've got my PlayStation 5 and my TV, and I don't have my TV hooked up to any aerials, right? So I have no terrestrial mm. channels, right? And we had a, a small power cut uh, last week, and I've sat in my room, and I'm just like watching stuff on the TV, and then the power cut went out, and then I was like, now I have nothing to watch. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> can't like, do anything. Well, I, remember, I remember at uni once, we had a power cut, and like I was just sat there, and I was like, "Fuck, I have no idea what to do with my time." Yeah. Like the internet's gone. Like I think my phone was pretty much dead, and I couldn't charge it because there was no power. Mm. And I was just sat there in silence. Like, what? What do I do? How have people <laughs> yeah. lived for thousands of years like yeah. this? Yeah. Um, now, one thing that Armin discovered on the internet were forums, places where people could chat online anonymously and discuss anything. And what he discovered was a forum called the Cannibal Cafe. Have you ever heard of that? 
Uh, I have, yeah. Yeah, Purely it's quite, from this story, to be fair. It's quite famous. Now, there he saw like-minded people who had cannibalistic fetishes and were openly discussing it on the forum. Hey, could we just take a second, right? Can you just imagine before you got onto the internet and you think you're the only person who is like this? You know, like Daffid Thomas on fucking Little Britain, where he's the only yeah, gay in the village. village. You're the yeah, only yeah. cannibal in Wusterfeld. And then you go online and all of a sudden, bam, you've got like loads of people all being like, oh yeah, I like it too. Like, yeah that's wild i mean that's what they say isn't it there's no such thing as a unique experience anything you think is unique to you you can go online and find it is yeah. like every time i have this is kind of related but every time i have like a small problem which i feel like only relates to me about some, maybe something technical or something i'm like no one else is ever going to have had this problem go on reddit someone yeah. there has asked the question before you have do you know what as well like i'm i'm such a big proponent of if something goes wrong google it yeah. Like, just Google it. And anytime someone like... It, this, my partner does this quite a bit. Like, Jenna will have an issue and she doesn't know how to figure it out. And I'm like, just Google it. And she's like, well, no, I can't figure it out. I'm like, you just Google it. And then like, I'll find it within five minutes. Yeah, and I'll yeah. have an explanation. And it will be like, three years ago, this happened to one person and the whole forum just figured it out. Um, yeah. Or there'll <laughs> be a YouTube video of some like random guy in his garage with like a whiteboard telling you how to do something. There's always there's always a YouTube video of some like nowadays. Like I've really got into just asking ChatGPT. Like if you need an answer for something, that will give you the answers that you require. That's clever. That's very clever. It's going to put me out of a job, but well, that's fine. Yeah. Now the website was created by a guy called Pero Loco. Now that's an alias, but he is the guy known to have made it. He claims there are so many people out there with cannibalistic fetishes that this was a reason for creating the site. Now, we don't know to what extent the people using the forum were game for it. It could have just been a fantasy, but these were people looking for others who want to be eaten, right? But for Armin, it didn't matter if it was legit. He was just simply getting off on reading these and playing out the fantasy in his head. He was reading posts like this, and these are... I found uh, Cannibal Cafe now is defunct. It doesn't exist, but there is out there a um, like some one little part of it that's kind of kept alive, almost like a time capsule of yeah, like a the page. Museum of it. Yeah, so you can yeah. still go on it and read a lot of these posts, and that's where I've got them. There are going to be email addresses in this, which I find fascinating. So if you, anyone wants to email them and just like ask, are you still a cannibal? Uh, like, <laughs> let us know how you get on because I think that'd be hilarious. But anyway, some of the posts are like this quote. Hello, I'm a Canadian male looking for a female under 30 if possible to be able to meet and eat. I feel that the female should be given the choice as to how the process is going to go, so if you are an interested applicant, please describe in detail as to how you would like me to prepare you. The selected person will be able to fly here and have their fantasy fulfilled. Feel free to email me directly at cannibal99 at canada.com. I look forward to eating you soon. That's quite persuasive. <laughs> it is, isn't it, when you read it like that? Especially if it was a Canadian. You'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah why like, not? How would I like to be prepared? That's an interesting question. Mm, I'd like Perry rub, like Perry Perry. Yeah, yeah, I want to be done on a barbecue. I want to be done right. <laughs> oh, dear. Now, there are also posts from people wishing to be eaten, like these. Uh, quote, I would love to be eaten by a group of women that could lay me out on their dinner table and eat me alive or cook me up later. Any females interested, email me at trample21 at hotmail.com. Or, quote, Scandinavian girl want to become a meal. 1.71 tall, 61 kilo, long brown hair, unemployed and tired of life. European answers preferred. 
it's weird. I like I don't say I understand the fetish, but like it's more understandable from the people who want to eat someone else. Because I don't I don't see death as a fetish. Right. If you've yeah. been eaten, you, you you're gonna die. Like. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But then a lot of these people are like, I, I don't know if that's. I think it's so. I we, we'll get to it a little bit later on when we meet our victim, but there's like an extreme version of masochism where they get uh, enjoyment, sexual enjoyment out of causing pain on themselves. And the idea mm. of being eaten is like the ultimate pain. Um, so that's like, I think where it comes from. Yeah. I, I, I don't understand it, but each to their own, I suppose. Yeah. Now this stuff properly got Armin excited in his own time. He would rearrange meat from animals to look similar to that of human limbs he'd make shapes from marzipan and slash them open trying to make them look as realistic as possible um i've got like if you can imagine him on bake-off or you know that like uh is it real or is it cake i yeah, just yeah, yeah. i love, love the that. idea of him being like slicing it, it was a cake oh. <laughs> some human arm yeah you're like oh it was real all along oh <laughs> i thought it was a cake now, he posted a lot of these images on the internet for people to consume, and they lapped it up. He was properly a part of this online community. However, it was still just a fantasy. That was until September 2nd, 1999, when Armin came home from work to discover his mother had died of a heart attack in her bed. Now, as terrible a moment as this must have been for Armin, his mother being a huge part of his life, good or bad, he saw this as a freeing moment. He's no longer constrained by his mother, this large home that he was living in is now his and his alone. There's nobody to keep him in check. So, he decided he was going to find himself a willing victim. Armin began replying to posts on Cannibal Cafe from people looking to be eaten. He replied to posts such as these, saying, quote, If anybody wants to eat an 18-year-old gorgeous male by any means you wish then just tell me how you would feel whilst devouring my horny flesh into your belly and I will reply to you so we can discuss real arrangements. Please eat me. <laughs> Armin replied to this with, quote, Hi, I'm Frankie from Germany. I will eat you. Please tell me your height and weight. Also send me a pic from you. Where are you from? I hope you can come to me quick. I am a hungry cannibal. Mail me at antrophagus at hotmail.com. Your butcher, Frankie. I don't get it. I don't get it. I, I hope that everyone else reading this also doesn't get it. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't, don't want to know if you get it. I really don't think I want to know if you get it. Normally, I'll be like, I'm, oh, come talk to us. I don't know if I want to know if you get it. I, I will never kink shame unless it's this situation, in which case, yes, I will. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there are a lot of people that like to be bitten and draw bit blood if you're a bit of a fake vampire. Yeah, but bit of, bit of, what is it? Bit of scratch and tickle. You, you go crazy. But like... Mm. Don't fucking consume another human being. Yeah, try not to. It doesn't work though, right? This post replying doesn't work. He replies to many, many posts asking uh, to be eaten. But it seems that not many of them are as serious as Armin is. And he's kind of fed up with people being fake on the forum. <laughs> like, you're fake cannibals. You don't want to be eaten. All this kind of shit. Now, oh, instead bastards. of looking for a victim, he decides that they ought to come to him. So Armin starts to put out posts looking for victims, such as these. Quote, if you are between 18 and 25 years old and you have a normal build or body, then come to me. I will butchering and eat your fine flesh. Please mail me your age, height and weight. And if you can, a pic. Frankie. By the way, these are translated from English to German. That's why it's yeah, a bit... Yeah. yeah. Um, now, 
he actually gets a hit from this ad from a guy called uh, Jörg Bozer. Now, this is the first time that Armin not only gets to speak with a potential victim, but meet them in the flesh. They talk fairly regularly and meet up a couple of times, but when Jörg gets cold feet and decides he doesn't want to go through with it, Armin is disappointed, but understands it. It's a big commitment, a really big thing to do. And he lets Jörg go without any trouble. Now, you might think that that's quite strange. Why wouldn't Armin just kill the guy and then get what he wants, right? He's got him in his home. Now would be the perfect time. But strangely enough, Armin isn't a murderer in the sense that he wants to violently hunt and kill someone. He wants a willing victim, and that's part of the fantasy. When Jörg decided he didn't want to do it anymore, that ruined the fantasy for Armin, and he completely lost interest in him. So he's like, right, mm. fuck off, get out, I don't want you. That's the point. He's not maybe, maybe. He's not a murderer. No. Now, I mean, yeah, fair. Can I, also, can I just take a minute to be annoyed? Because it gets dumb, right? Um, this story is so bizarre and you said yourself like you're aware of the story right so many people have covered this story yet there are so many different fucking versions of this story even down to the house that he lived in right this massive country holiday home where i said earlier there are 36 rooms but i've seen other sources that say 40 other sources that say more less so we can't even agree on the amount of rooms that this home had but when it comes to armin um this next section is where we begin to meet his victim, right? And one source I found explains that Armin's victim replies to this post that Armin put out. Quote, If you are up to max 30 years old, have a normal body, then you are the right one for me. I want to slaughter you and eat your delicious meat with relish. Please write to antrophagus at hotmail.com, stating your age, height and weight, if possible, with a photo. Your master butcher, Frankie. Now, I found that post on the Cannibal Cafe uh, site. And they didn't reply to this. This is not how it went down. I wanted to believe it, but when I dug deeper, I found, uh, especially in an interview that Armin did himself to some TV crew, um, when he describes getting into contact with his victim, it's not Armin's post that attracts him. Armin actually replies to the victim's post. Now, that was a long time ago, and Armin's view on the case is going to be skewed for legal reasons, right? He doesn't want to like necessarily put himself in a corner too much. But I'm going to go with his version of events from here on. So if you have heard different stories when it comes to the killing, believe me, I've read them too, but I'm just going with what's actually came out of Armin's mouth himself. Rant no, over. That's fair. I, I, I'm also... I'm going to find it really funny when the fucking MI6 turns up at your door because you've been on Cannibal Cafe for Bro. the past week. Bro, I've been saying to Jenna, I was like, my search history of recent has been so bad. Like, when I did the Marquis de Sar and all about the sadism and BDSM <laughs> shit. Gonna... <laughs> and now I'm looking at oh. cannibals and I was like, oh, God's sake. <laughs> yeah, MI, they've got you on, on the watch list. I know. Now, Armin comes across an ad from a guy called Bernd Brandis, a 43-year-old engineer from Berlin. He's a curious guy, mainly in that he's bi-curious, if not fully bisexual. He had severe masochistic desires, i.e. Uh, he liked to inflict a severe amount of pain on himself. He's the guy that would go see like some um, lady in leather who would then kick his nuts and he'd love that. Yeah. yeah. Now, now, his deepest fantasy was he wanted to have his penis amputated and feel the ultimate pain. Whatever happened to his body afterwards was free game. 
He put out an ad on Cannibal Cafe with the title saying either Dinner or Your Dinner. The ad from Armin's memory reads as such, quote, I'm offering you the chance to eat me alive. Who really wants it needs a genuine victim. Now Armin replied and the two began talking. And I've got some of their conversation here, which is where we're going to be reading this together, James. You're going to be playing the role of Armin, whose handle is Antrophagus. And I will be Burnt, who is Cater99. Are you ready? Like me to do a German accent. You can if you want. I think it'd be quite funny. Um, th- that would be completely disrespectful. I, I-, I would butcher it. <laughs> Hello. Hi, Cater. What do you do professionally that you are up so late at night? I can't sleep well anymore because of our meeting. That's a sensible reason. I'm looking forward to our meeting. It'll definitely be really cool. I want it to be. I hope it will be really cool. It's only a few days until March 9th. Still, I would have rather we met you yesterday and felt your teeth. One can't have everything. There's still some time before you really feel my teeth. I hardly know what to expect. Have you slaughtered a man before? Unfortunately, only in my dreams, but in my thoughts I do it every night. So, I'm the first. You've eaten human flesh before, or haven't? No, you don't exactly find it in the supermarket, unfortunately. How do you know if it will taste good to you, or that the blood won't make you sick? I'm readying myself with my dreams. Once I was so excited, I grabbed a needle, drew my own blood so I could drink it. And your blood? It tasted good to you? It was quite tasty. Once I was drilling some holes and the drill slipped onto my right hand, and that was a real treat. Blood is the juice of life. It contains everything a person needs for nutrition. Then I hope you won't wilt that you can really see it through without a problem. To bite into your penis will certainly not be easy. Living flesh is somewhat more resistant than fried, but one thing is for certain, our dream will be fulfilled. But there's not so much in there as in muscle. Yeah, but the penis is principally a spongy material filled with blood. For both our sakes, I hope that's true. I hope you've also already thought about what's to be done with the rest. Fulfilling the dream shouldn't become a nightmare for you, No one will know where I've disappeared to. After you're dead, I'll take you out and expertly carve you up. Except for a pair of knees and some fleshy trash, skin, cartilage, tendons, there won't be much of you left. There will be a good bit like the knees. I hope you have a good hiding place for them. I'll dry out the knees and grind them up soon after. Okay, they're good as fertiliser. I heard that once. I see you've thought about it. Good. Sounds like I'm the first. And you won't be the last, hopefully. I've already considered catching a young person from the street, but I would rather kill only those who want to be killed. That also doesn't sound bad. But yeah, seeing as it's not so totally legal, this is in my eyes better than yanking somebody directly off the street. Exactly. I'd do it if it were legal. Thoughts? <laughs> right, yeah, end scene. Um. <laughs> yeah, end scene. It's just that the, the conversation's really blunt. Like, if I was chatting to someone on the dating app like that, I would stop talking to them because that's just dead chat. It's so dead chat, isn't it? But then... It's this very, the like, matter-of-fact. It's very it's a very German conversation. It's a very German conversation. It's very blunt, very to the point, right? There's no beating around the bush for some of it. And then the stuff that they do talk is just really boring, like the small chat. And you're like, oh, I heard yeah. that, you know, knees are really good fertiliser. And he's like, yeah, I don't care. Can I just well, how's he got that information? Yeah, I know. It's just cannibal cafe, <laughs> isn't it? People are just saying it all. Knees are good. I mean, I get it. You can't eat a kneecap. Like, what? there's no fucking meat there, but... Yeah. Now... What's he going to do, like, the skull and all sorts? Well, we'll get on to that. 
Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. March 9th. March 9th is the date that they have set to do the deed. Burnt is serious too. He tells his partner that he's going on a work trip and he goes through his computer deleting anything relating to his fantasy or Armin. He even books a one-way train ticket to Rottenburg. Armin picks him up from the station and drives into his large, empty home. And this bit I found quite funny. Can you imagine how awkward that meet-up must have been? Obviously, we just read their conversation, how dead that was. But have you ever been like, you know when you're talking to a girl for a while and then you meet up for the first time and there's that initial awkward barrier you've got to get over? Where you're like, yeah. you've been talking, but now you're in person, so you're kind of like, oh, hi, how you doing? Yeah, it's a really, really awkward chat. Like, um, and also, you know, know why he's here. If that chat's not awkward. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna eat you. Yeah, like, like you go, do, oh do, hi. Do you, yeah. Do you approach that straight away, or do you have some small talk? Well, this is the thing, right? Once they got back to the house, Armin went to the kitchen to make them a cup of coffee, and it's like, what are you waiting for? <laughs> Just do it. Yeah. Wine and dine, I suppose. But the thing is, Armin's almost like putting things off in it, right? He's like, oh, I don't really know what to do. Like, he's the guy that's invited to go over. He knows what he wants, but he kind of doesn't want to be too forceful, right? So yeah. when he comes back into the living room, Burnt is stood there completely naked, and he said he wanted Armin to admire his dinner. He's just like, what do you think? <laughs> It's like when you go to a butcher and you see like the whole pig just fucking spinning yeah. on like the rotisserie yeah. wheel or whatever. And Armin liked what he saw. He said, quote, he looked good. He had a sporty figure, as I'd imagined. He was a very nice, lovely man. That's good. I'm happy for him. Yeah, it worked out. They then go up to the bedroom that Armin has made his slaughter room. Burnt requested that he be as close to unconscious as he could be with Armin before he eats him alive. They also make a pact that they would film the whole thing and have the footage being played out on a screen for Burnt to watch as it happens. Well, he wants to get off on it as well, doesn't he? Exactly. After necking a whole bottle of cough medicine and a handful of tablets, Burnt begins to have doubts and considers pulling out. Now, we know that Armin wants a completely willing victim, so he goes with him on this. He helps him up and they have a chat. Armin agrees, fine, I'll take you back to the station. But on the way... Burnt has another change of heart. He explains that he'd come all this way for a reason. He'd set things in motion so that he could completely disappear. He didn't want to go home and then have to explain to his partner what he was doing. So he decided he was going to go through with it. He would be Armin's dinner. I mean, oh, I've been in relationships where I didn't want to tell my partner something, but I didn't get eaten to get out of it. <laughs> Oh, that's so it's funny. A bit, bit far. Yeah. 
Oh no. Now back at the house, Bernd and Armin begin their sadistic fantasy, taking a sharp knife, Armin- Oh, by the way, sorry, uh, this is where it gets graphic. <laughs> so, okay. if you get a bit wheezy, if you've got wheezy about my stuff before, this is where you're going to get wheezy. Back at the house, Bernd and Armin begin their sadistic fantasy. Taking a sharp knife, Armin cuts off drowsy Bernd's flaccid penis. He screams and writhes in agony. The pills that made him drowsy don't do shit when your body is put through that kind of pain. After a few minutes though, perhaps due to adrenaline or a lack of blood, Bernd explains that the pain has started to subside. Armin and Bernd both tried to eat his penis, but they found it was too chewy. Armin left Bernd in the blood-soaked bed and took the amputated penis to the kitchen where he fried it. Then they tried to eat it again, but it wasn't very nice. Imagine going through all that and you go, I don't actually like it. Yeah, that's awful. When you order something on a restaurant and like everyone else's food looks better than yours and you yeah. have a massive regret. <laughs> it's too late to send it back then. It's like Armin looking down at his own penis being like, I'd prefer that. Yeah. Oh, what an idiot. Now, having lost a lot of blood, Bernd was getting cold. He asked if he could have a hot bath to sit in. He wanted to be sat in a pool of his own blood. Armin placed him in a bath and left him there while he sat in the next room reading a Star Trek novel. Wait a minute! What is going on? That might sound really weird, and it is, but remember, Armin isn't interested in actually killing Bernd. He just wants to eat him. <laughs> he cut off his penis, um, and he expects that Bernd will die soon, but he mainly cut off his penis because that's what Bernd wanted to do. Armin just kind of wants him to come over and just fall on the floor and die so we can eat him burnt's like yeah. can you cut off my penis and he's like all right fine i'll do it for you um so he like he he's cut off the penis he's waiting for him to die so he's kind of just sat in the next room whilst that happens and i i've got that the closest thing i can think of is someone wanting a kfc but not wanting to kill the chicken itself for the meat so he's just sat in the next room waiting for burnt to die so then he can start butchering the corpse he doesn't actually want he just he kind of kind of wants to be so hands-off with the murder as far removed from it as possible, he wants to be away from it. Yeah. Is this where we get to talk about your meat-eating thing? I mean, all meat-eating is wrong, Ryan. This is when we lose all of our listeners. Like, <laughs> just stop it. Like, we're not hunter-gatherers anymore. I, I I had an argument with my brother at the fucking Christmas dinner table once. I'm a vegetarian, for anyone that wants to know. I'm not full vegan. I was for a little bit, but I really like... Uh, cheese, cheese and like, yeah. chocolate so that's that's where my morals get a bit blurry but like my brother I asked my brother like why do you still eat meat when there's literally no need to um, if he answered because I want to fair enough can't, can't argue with that like that's that's fine do what you want but he said because we're hunter gatherers like no we're fucking not you go to Sainsbury's you literally go to the shop you are, you are <laughs> hunting and gathering nothing <laughs> it doesn't make sense does it count um, if you crawl on all fours when you grab your meat from the aisle? Th- th- you're going to get quickly removed. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm too far gone now. Like, if I even, like, the other day um, someone was cooking chicken and it made me feel really sick. Like, that's how far I've gone because it's been, like, years. Wow. But I don't know, man. I don't want to preach to people why they should stop eating meat. You know the reasons. You, you understand why. I think it's I think it's deeply fucked that we eat the flesh of something else. Like what the fuck? We don't need to. Mm. Do you eat eggs? 
Yeah, but they haven't been fertilised, so it doesn't really count. <laughs> that's like someone giving you a fucking blowjob and swallowing the semen. Like, that's... <laughs> it, it's similar, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So is that is that meat eating? I don't know. I'm sure there's loads of vegans that love doing that. But <laughs> I'm getting way off track now. <laughs> but we like, um, there no, is a man, there is just... a man being murdered right now. <laughs> there is. I mean, I I've always believed that humans probably have less right to life than fucking other animals because other animals sort of just go about their daily life like just trying to do their own thing whereas humans are just the worst species ever so maybe we should start eating each other i don't know <laughs> in that case armin mivis is the king of all apparently we're supposed to taste like pork as well but well mivis tells us what we is, taste like pork is such like a well, it's not my favorite meat i think it's quite bland i enjoy some pork i quite like it all right steady hey but Mivis's hand is forced, or so he says it is. Around two hours later, having had these peonies chopped off, likely delirious, Burnt got himself out of the bath to find Armin, because, you know, he's too busy reading sci-fi. He collapses in the room. Armin puts him in the bed and then just doesn't really know what to do with him. He expected Burnt to be dead by now, so he grabs the knife used to cut off the penis and he slices Burnt's throat, who dies very quickly after that. Now, Armin could be described as a product killer. There are two types. You've got product and process. He kills in order to get something afterwards, right? He doesn't actually necessarily enjoy the act of killing. Killing is not the thing that he gets enjoyment out of. It's the thing afterwards, i.e. the corpse, that he gets to enjoy. Whereas process killers are people that enjoy the act of killing. Mm. Now, he has exactly what he's always wanted a body waiting to be butchered for his meal. He begins by cutting off the head and leaving it to the side. And this is really common when it comes to cannibalism. The head is usually removed or covered to take away the humanity of it all. With that gone, the body becomes just another carcass. Now Armin hung the corpse from the ceiling and removed the organs. Once they were removed, he proceeded to cut the corpse in half. Using hot water, Armin went on to clean both halves of the body. Now, some of the meat was minced and turned into meatballs. Other parts were cut into prime fillets and other choice cuts. The whole thing was caught on camera and is about four hours long. Now, the footage cannot be found anywhere, and believe me, people have tried to find it. But police have that shit locked away in some underground vault. Now, there are four alleged screenshots from the video, but none of them are verified. They are very, very graphic and they are not that hard to find. <laughs> I found them. I imagine if I just type Armin cannibal pictures into Google, I'd do yeah. it with them. Yeah, you'll find a Reddit that's got a link to it, and you'll find a web page that's got them on there, and it's very, yeah. very graphic. Now, right, okay. th- three days later, on March the 12th, 2001, Armin sat down to eat his rare meal on his finest china. He prepared a fillet of the meat accompanied by potatoes, a pepper sauce, and a red wine a la Hannibal Lecter. I think that's such a German thing to do that he prepared it with potatoes. It's, it's a very it's a problem meal, isn't it? But also like it I thought he was doing this for sexual gratification, but at no point does it feel like he's getting any of that. This is a thing. So far we don't know really if he did it for sexual gratification. We know that Burnt did because he is a masochist. He gets enjoyment out of causing pain to himself he's the guy like um 
uh albert fish that would like you know he enjoys putting pinpricks in himself kind of thing he enjoys yeah. that um whereas for armin he just literally just wants to eat someone because he thinks it will make them a part of him interesting yeah Proceed. um now in case you're wondering armin describes what human tastes like we all know that we are biologically similar to pigs and that goes for the flavor too according to armin that first bite was, quote, very strange. It was a feeling I can't really describe. Very strange. It was a feeling I can't really describe. I thought about it for 30 years, dreaming about it. Now I was getting the feeling that I was achieving this perfect inner connection through his flesh. Flesh tastes like pork, but stronger, more substantial. Although I don't think many people would have noticed the difference had they eaten it. It tasted really good. Well, this is a thing in it. I reckon if you cook that up anywhere and like season it with whatever and put it on a restaurant and call it whatever pork something, people would eat it and not have a fucking clue. It's like chicken, isn't it? Chicken's just nothing. Chicken is the seasoning. Yeah. Or like when the you you're in like a busy city somewhere and they've just got these vendors that just sell street meat and you just don't ask questions what the meat is. You just you eat it. Tastes damn good though. There was um there's a di- there's a documentary a really good Vice documentary actually on Liberia and sort of like the civil war that took place in Liberia, and poverty got so bad there that like bodies piled high and like a lot of the country turned into cannibals. So and uh, it would just start eating the bodies. In doing some research into cannibalism throughout human history, during warfare is when we actually see more cannibalism than ever. Um, it's really common, and apparently during the Second World War. There was a lot of Russians that were performing cannibalism. Um, well, yeah, because they were fighting in the cold, weren't they? So yeah, there's a lot of cannibalism in, on on the eastern front in Russia. There was a lot of it. So it's not it's very very common during warfare. Now, over the course of a year, Armin consumed over forty pounds of burnt body, forty pounds of flesh. <laughs> it's quite economical though, isn't it? That he's getting a lot of use out of this. He's getting like, a loads lot. Of meals. Yeah, over the course of a year, he's getting a lot of meat. Now, Yeah, just chop it up, shove it in the freezer. The rest of it was hidden under a fake bottom of a freezer with regular food like chips and pizzas covering over that. Now, yeah. you may be wondering if anyone is looking for Bernd Branst, and the answer is yes. He has a partner back in Berlin, remember? But the problem was, Bernd was so good at cleaning up after himself, there was almost no trace of where he'd gone. He'd completely vanished as far as the police were concerned. Now... Armin, effectively, has committed the perfect crime. He's killed someone, eaten them, and gotten away with it. So, what would be his downfall was being greedy and wanting seconds. Mm, He should have done a one and done. Now, by June of the following year, having eaten a substantial amount of meat, Armin was on the hunt for more. He was posting regular on cannibal forums, supposedly posting pictures of himself in the act of butchering brand, which is supposedly where we get these four Mm. images Now, he was a celebrity in the cannibal world. He was one of few, if not the only one, who could honestly say that they had lived the fantasy they were all talking about online. But for some reason, it was all a bit too real. In July of 2002, an Austrian medical student going by the name of Reinhold presses Armin for more information. Armin is all too happy to discuss his crimes with anyone who will listen. He believes that everyone on the site shares his fantasy, so he would be safe in talking about it. But over time, Reinhold gathers enough information to believe that this killing may have actually happened, and so he passes it on to German authorities. 
Several Austrian months. man being the downfall of another German. I've yeah. oh, seen that before. When did that happen before? <laughs> <laughs> now, several months later, in December 2002, police raid Armin's home in search of evidence. One of the female officers looks in the fridge and the freezer and she asks Armin, what kind of meat is this? He tells her, oh, this is, a, this is very normal animal meat. And she replies saying that she's a housewife. She knows that this is not normal meat. Well, she's I, not a housewife. She's a member of the police. I thought this, right? And when I saw this this, this quote from like this uh, officer who's spe- speaking about the crime, I was like, well, she's, she's not a housewife. But then maybe yeah, in early, maybe in 2002, this was sort, sort of the thinking. You'd be like, oh, yeah, you work for police, but you're also a housewife. You know, you, you're, yeah, but what? like you go home and cook at the end of the day. That's not been a housewife. That's been a human being. I don't know. Maybe she took pride in the fact that she is a wife and looks after the house. I don't she, know. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. I, I don't know. I don't know. But I like the idea that she's she's like, I know all the meats. This is not this is not right. Yeah, I've had all the exotic meats. <laughs> yeah. Now, remember, this crime took place in 2001, over a year ago. So most of the evidence is hidden very, very well. Armin is arrested and questioned. He denies everything, and while the meat is being tested, he's free to leave. But he does something very unexpected. Armin goes back and confesses his crime. Now, we don't entirely know why he does this, but he pleads guilty to everything and just fully cooperates. There was one guy. Go on. I think it's because, obviously, once they've tested the meat and stuff, they're going to get him. So he probably thinks if he enters some sort of plea deal. Because to him, he's not a murderer. He doesn't believe he's a murderer. Mm. So if he goes and, like, tells them his side of the story before they make up their own minds they might go easier on him that's a really good theory actually uh, i think it's better than the other theory so the guy that um he was friends with as a kid his theory was that armin had finally met a girl and was trying to like get something going with her and he was said to, he got a lawyer and said right if i admit to this how quick can i get out like what can yeah, we do to get ahead of it um, I yeah. don't know necessarily know much about that because you know, he doesn't really have much more air on that. I prefer yours. It's yeah. good. Now, he shows them where the rest of Burnt's body is being kept. They find his skull, his hands, his feet that are all cut away from the body. In fact, they find a complete skeleton and 36 bags of meat are discovered in the fridge and freezer. Now, this is the part where it all gets legally tricky. I am not a legal expert in any shape or form, let alone in German law. But my couple of hours research has taught me that trying of murder in Germany is not an easy one. There are different kinds of killing such as we have in the UK, like uh, murder or manslaughter, that kind of vibe. Now, in Germany, there are two types of homicide. There is Totschlag, which I really enjoy saying, which means... Totschlag, which means killing. Now, this is defined by the act of killing a person without consideration. And then there is mord, or murder, which is the killing of a person with consideration. So that sounds like manslaughter and murder. It kind of is, but there's like a lot more to it. Right. Now, the consideration is the key here. Those that kill without thinking of the consequences are deemed touchlug. Those, uh, these might be things like accidental death or killing in the heat of the moment, and this can carry a sentence of between 5 to 15 years. And then there's also a subgenre of Totschlag called Totten auf Verlangen, which means killing on demand, and it's essentially a mercy killing and is typically seen in cases where a partner might assist in the suicide of a loved one when suffering from an incurable disease, and this yeah. can carry a sentence of up to 5 years. Then there is Maud, or murder. 
This is defined by killing someone with consideration of your actions. Someone that has planned it and knows what they're going to do afterwards. This carries the sentence of life imprisonment. However, it's not so easy to find someone guilty of murder. You need to prove that one of the three base motives were presented when the act was committed. Now, these three base motives are murderous intent, which is killing for the sole purpose of killing. These apparently are quite rare and it's typically seen with serial killers because most other killings have another motive behind them. Mm. Killing to satisfy sexual desires. This includes killing during the act of rape, killing someone in order to use the body for sexual practices afterwards or filming the killing to watch later. And then there's killing for greed, meaning you kill someone to get monetary benefit out of it. Now, these are the three base motives of which many a motive can then be based upon. But where does Armin Maivis sit? He was, he was a bit of a legal enigma, which leads me to the terrible game show idea of Totschlag or Mord. <laughs> now, he doesn't... All, all courts should be that. <laughs> yeah, Totschlag or Mord. I feel like it's a, a, a terrible Mitchell and Webb uh, <laughs> scare. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, he doesn't quite fit the criteria for Mord because of the three base motives. He didn't get any monetary benefit from it. He didn't kill for the sake of killing because we, we know he isn't a process killer. He doesn't actually enjoy the act. And we can't prove that he got really any sexual satisfaction from the killing. But he doesn't quite fit the definition of Totschlag either because he planned to kill and dispose of a body which shows consideration. His defence argued that he only killed Bernd Brandst because he asked him to and Bernd wanted to die, which could fall into the category of killing on demand, the mercy killing or assisted suicide. And since cannibalism is not illegal in Germany, he can't be tried for that. So, nobody wanted to see a cannibal be sentenced for a mercy killing and receive a maximum of five years. So, what would you do in this situation, James? Is it Totschlag or Mord? <laughs> I don't think this man poses a threat to the wider community he's mm. displayed on multiple occasions that he's more than happy to let people go if it's not what they want yeah so i think he fits into the sort of the more mercy killing assisted suicide part of things yeah um so not Maud. no it's barely totschlag yeah, well, um, Armin, yeah. Armin would agree with you. But on January the 30th, 2004, Armin Mivis was found guilty of Totschlag manslaughter. He was sentenced to eight years and six months for his killing, butchering and consuming of Bernd Branst. That would mean his sentence finished in 2012. So where is he today? Well, still in prison. Because in 2005, Armin asked for a retrial claiming that his sentence was unfair as he only assisted Berndt with his wish to die. He claimed that it was a mercy killing, but the Supreme Court saw differently. The fact that Armin had filmed the whole thing and had admitted to having watched it since the killing suggested to the court that there was some sexual motive behind the killing, and that was enough to get a murder conviction. It was Maud all along. He shouldn't have said anything, the silly fucker. Yeah, it was it. It was the the footage that got him. And just keep your head down, do your do your sentence, and get out. Yeah, honestly, if he'd just done his time, it probably would have gone away. Now, don't get me wrong; there was a lot of public pressure to retry him because they were like, "How fucking dare he get out in eight minutes? The guy butchered another human and ate him, and you want him to get out <sighs> in 2012? 
it's so because if when you say it like that it sounds horrific and it, it is what he's doing is fucked up let's not beat around the bush but the guy literally i'm not victim shaming he literally asked for it yeah yeah he literally did and he, he like armin wouldn't do this to someone who didn't want it he's expressly said that he doesn't well this is his account so however much is true i don't know but like yeah he it seems like he has no intention of killing anyone that doesn't want to be murdered. I'm sure if someone went up to him and was like, you can fucking have my arm if you want, and like, I'll survive afterwards, he'll be like, yeah, fine. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're it's really not the, right. I don't think it's right. the death he's interested in, it's the flesh. Yeah, it's not the killing that he's that bothered by. Um, But yeah, you mentioned earlier whether, you know, does he get a sexual kick out of it? There's no real proof, but the fact that he's watched it a few times afterwards may suggest he has. Just let the man go. Let him go, Germany. <laughs> I like that. Now, um, Armin was sentenced to life imprisonment in 2006. Now, in Germany, this is a minimum of 15 years, although inmates usually get on parole uh, around the 17, 18 year mark. So, still in prison today, now age 62, Armin is a vegetarian who works in the laundry. <laughs> <laughs> what a u-turn i know (laughs) i love that arm is a vegetarian who works in the laundrette at the prison and often attends church having now served his minimum sentence for life imprisonment he is actually eligible for parole he has been denied this but is on a prisoner release scheme which has allowed him to go out on the streets to walk around and then he goes back to prison so expect to see armin mivis the cannibal of rottenberg wandering the streets very soon i don't think i think i don't think he poses a threat at all you know it's really weird you know what's really funny is the guy that he grew up with still lives in that same little town area still lives in the same house that he grew up in right and he when he did an interview and he was like how would you feel if armin mivis came back to sort of live in his old home and he was like yeah i mean i don't really care he's like whatever if he wants to like sort of go back there and renovate the place yeah go for it he said um it won't bother me, he said, but it might be good to tell the kids, oh, the cannibal will get you if you don't behave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'd be like the... That's actually a really good story. It is, isn't it? But uh, um, I just... No, I don't think... I really. It's really weird that you've gone through an hour of explaining how a man went on a forum, found someone, cut them up, ate them, and I'm somehow on his... I'm not on his side, but I have sympathy for him. Yeah, yeah, I hear that, I hear that. That's so That's fascinating. Weird. What That's a so weird mind. I don't know how I feel about this because I want to be like, oh no, he's vile, but I can't. Like, which is funny, isn't this it? Because, is just... like I said earlier, it's considered the last taboo. It's the ultimate thing that humans can do. That is like the worst thing in the world. Like, if so, like incest is more fucking <laughs> appealing than cannibalism in this sense, right? As far as these people are concerned, and yet you're like, yeah. I think he's all right. There, there were two consenting adults, and that, that's got to be a key part. It was both. It was adults, and it was consensual. So yep. that's them boxes ticked. Yeah. Um, he he he's more. He let someone go. Have did they interview the first guy and be like, is this true? Did he let you go? I assume so. So well, he, he doesn't. Well, pose maybe a not. To I'm anyone. not sure. They may not have found it. I don't actually know whether they got to interview him. It would be interesting if they did, though. Um, Armin is currently writing his memoirs. He wants to write a book. 
Oh, that'd be interesting to read. But it, it also blends into the argument. I mean, it's completely different from this argument, but I feel like as a species, we treat death as really taboo when we shouldn't because it's just one of them things in it. Whereas, like, we had the case recently, the um the English guy has just been released from prison uh, because he assisted his wife's suicide. Mm. Like, if, if your loved one turns to you and is in severe pain and is not going to get better and is yeah. going to die and says, please, can you let me go on my own terms? Of course you say yes. Yeah. Yeah, I'm all for assisted suicide, like what they do in Switzerland. I'm all for that. Yeah. I think it should be If someone legal. is sound of mind and has, like, it, they have to be sound of mind and say, I want this. Or if someone, like, signs a, a waiver being like, if ever I get Alzheimer's dementia, something that, like, completely mentally impairs me later in life, please end my life mm. those wishes should be honoured I absolutely agree I think that's spot on there you I, go <laughs> maybe don't eat them yeah yeah. try not to do that I, I just don't yeah that's a whole other kettle of fish isn't it? I'm sure people have because uh, everyone gets up in arms about abortion as well don't they like if someone wants to have an abortion fuck off it's not your place to stop them just fuck off mm. Mm. But a fascinating case, isn't it? How, like, where because cannibalism is not illegal, you know, he could have almost got away with it. It's not illegal. Like, yeah, it it was the it was the whole recording thing that. Well, they to be wanted. fair, I think what they may have done is got him on desecration of corpse, kind of thing. Oh uh, yeah, fair. They'd have got him on. It that. was a landmark case, though, wasn't it? Like, you can't let this man walk free. Otherwise, yeah. everyone will be like, "What?" Yeah. Yeah, it's like almost like a legal loophole where you can murder someone if you give consent. And it's like, yeah, does that, does that count? Does that count? It's like, like there's those old ancient laws, isn't there? Like, isn't there supposed to be one that there's a certain place in Wales that on a certain hour you can, like, fucking kill a Scotsman with a, a bow and arrow or something? There's something yeah. stupid like that. Yeah, there's loads Whether of that old laws exists, like that. I don't know. But... That's the thing. You see loads of articles where they're like, oh, these laws are still in effect today. And it's like, yeah, but try doing it because like, the, the law's still in effect, but it's it's a case of like, it's it's a living, breathing thing, the yeah. law, that changes and evolves and adapts. And just because it was written 600 years ago I doesn't mean it's still relevant. The other day, I was writing uh, an article on sort of modern marriage and, and like people getting divorced immediately after getting married, blah, blah, blah. If you don't have sex on your wedding night, the marriage can be voided. Yeah, it's called an annulment. Sti- what the fuck, man? How barbaric is that? Yeah. Because there was a story of like, that, that you'd had the whole wedding day, which is a big day. You wake up early. You barely eat throughout the day, and then you get hammered. Like by the time it's bedtime, you're fucking, you're cooked. You want to go to bed. Mm. Like maybe you don't have, you don't have the energy to fucking do rumpy pumpy. But no one's a fucking saint anymore. The chances are you've had sex before marriage, unless you're <laughs> religious. So yeah, you know what it's like. And this one guy, because his wife was absolutely knackered, she said no. Fair enough. Well within her right to say no. Yep. He fucking was like, okay, I'm voiding the marriage. Then what? I mean, that's not a guy what? you want to marry anyway, though. <laughs> that's so. I just. Because back in, like, 15, 1400, whatever, and previous, people would have someone in the room to ensure that they had consummated the marriage. Yeah. Why is that still a thing? The Why is sex still this massive thing? It would make sense to me if, like, sex before marriage wasn't a thing, but it is. These people have more than likely fucks before. Why does it matter anymore? Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it, that it's still a thing? Uh, but didn't, but that, that's a model. You can do it up to, like, a week, though, can't you? Up to a week after so. the marriage, you can get it annulled. Didn't Britney Spears do that famously? Oh, probably. She's done a lot of things. She's, just, she's weird. I just... 
this, there was a video as well years ago, I remember, there's an old law that you're still legally allowed to walk a flock of geese through yeah. central London and yeah. no one can stop it. And there was a video of a man just doing it and everyone was really angry and he was like, I can do this, it's fine. I like that. And I it, do, was, it was I fine. do like those people that sort of, they know their law and they know what they can and can't do and they flaunt it and they're dickheads about it. Like there's a guy who flies a drone and he knows the law, he knows what you can and can't do with flying the drone. And then the police mm. will come over and be like, can't fly that there. And he's like, yes I can. And then just is yeah. an absolute knobhead for the next 20 minutes before the police <laughs> figure out, all right, he actually is allowed to do it. You're like, oh, stop yeah. being a twat. There was also a video of a guy who was, he had ancient laws and he went around like breaking the laws. And I can't remember all of them, but there was one that you're not allowed to air, like air your dirty laundry outside of Buckingham Palace or something. That's and he had fine. like this towel and was like drying a towel. And the police were like, what are you doing? Like, this is weird. And he yeah. was like, this is a, a law. You're going to arrest me. Like, no, well, why would we arrest you for that? When in the law book, he should be arrested for doing that. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? Well, it's like the guy who, you know, threw the egg at Charles should be beheaded or whatever, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, there was a whole thing years. I remember when I was a kid, if you burn a note with uh, money, you had been done for treason because you're burning the image of the queen at that point. Yeah, it used oh. to be like, you, I swear that they had like thought police as well. Like back in Henry VIII's time, you couldn't even imagine the king dead. You couldn't say, oh, imagine if the king died. Like that would get yeah. you killed. Imagine that. Yeah. We literally spent the last 20 off. years saying about the queen going, she's going to go any minute. <laughs> <laughs> Off the top of my head, treason is still the only thing you can be killed for in this country, I, I believe. I don't think that stands anymore. But even then, you had that guy who openly admitted that he tried to assassinate the queen and he's just in prison. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I don't think it's a thing anymore. We don't have capital punishment at all. Which is, I agree with. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because, you know they're like anyone else anyway we've massively gone off topic there uh, it was i mean it's a whole legal argument about what death is acceptable i'm sure loads of listeners are maybe you agree with us maybe you're disagreeing and just let us know what you think about any of these things yeah it's suicide cannibalism abortion any of it just fucking let us know it's a really interesting conversation mm, yeah absolutely yeah join us on the conversation let us know what you think uh whether you think for armin it was Toshlag or maud <laughs> <laughs> Or none of the above. <laughs> or none of the above. Uh, but yeah, fantastic. All right, what a fascinating case. Uh, right. Thank you very much for listening, everyone. Um, listen, join us on Patreon. Uh, share with us... Well, no, share... What am I talking about? Um, make our dreams come true. Uh, <laughs> help us. Yeah. Help us uh, create that amazing content that we've got in our head that we just need to get out there uh, we, we we've got a few things in mind like we want to head off to like warwick castle and do a few things there um we've got some other places we want to go to um the video that we made uh came from the coffers from like all the donations i w- would also like to stress um we mentioned in the video that obviously the podcast is always going to be free of course it is uh the video content obviously will go on patreon but um, we will also always make sure that the uh, Kofi donation page is still up and running. Um, you don't have to just sort of subscribe to Patreon. You can always, if you want to, uh, if you feel we deserve it, donate to us a one-time donation. That'd be it. Um, that's always going to be open for you. That's not, that's not going away. So if that's a fear, don't worry about it. Um, right. I really want to make merch now of Totschlag or Maud. I, 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 I really want... I want... I want a sound effect for it as well. Like, touch lag or more. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's really funny. We should look into that. As you're watching the Jack the Ripper documentary on the Patreon, you can play touch lag or more. It's a, it'll be a very short game because the answer's more. But... <laughs> Every time. <laughs> All right. Play along. Play along I'm, at home. Let's see if we can get touch lag or more uh, or more um, 
some like yeah little sound effect i want that i want that on a t-shirt <laughs> we're having it on a t-shirt i'm doing it now <laughs> yeah do it touch log or more touch log we'll on go more. to germany and just wear it around and then we'll be like what's the fuck yeah <laughs> all right everyone thank you very much for listening and uh, we'll see you on the next one tassie bye Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.